0: Welcome to Truth Talk with John Morgan of Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. Good morning and welcome to Truth Talk. My name is John Morgan with the Traders Point Church of Christ. I'm here with our evangelist, Jeremy Bard. And we're going to be in John chapter 11 this morning. We're continuing our study through the Gospel of John, and we have made our way to chapter 11. As we've mentioned a few different times uh, through our study thus far, uh, John follows very closely the chronological nature of Jesus' time on earth. Uh, but much of it is weighted towards those last few weeks of Jesus' life on earth. And we're beginning to get to that point here as we continue through our study of John. And so as we get to John chapter 11, you'll notice as we continue our study over the next several weeks that the timeline slows down quite a bit um, as we study through this as John really focuses on this latter part of Jesus' time on earth. And then that's going to kind of begin to show itself as Jesus talks more and more about the time in which he's going to die and his resurrection and those types of things as he tries to get that message across to those who are following him. But this morning, we're going to be in a story that's probably fairly familiar, I would imagine, to a lot of people, um, the story of, of Lazarus, one that I think a lot of us have have read um, over over the years. This is a really interesting story. And Jeremy, as you've been studying this and kind of getting ready for this week, Studying a, a story that's this familiar can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge because you know you kind of read through this and you're like, man, I've, I've read this so many times. Uh, but it's also an opportunity, I think, to try as best we can to look at it with a fresh perspective and to see what it is that we're supposed to take out of a story like this. So as we get into chapter 11, you know, what are some of the things that initially came to your mind as you started in on chapter 11?
1: Well, I think the one thing that jumps out almost from the very outset, from uh, from the even the disciples and the way they're dealing with Jesus, and and Jesus the way he handles Lazarus's sister, and, and even the scene around it, it really is a it's a chapter of heavy emotion. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, to me, that that's really what stands out. I mean, even you almost get the anger and confusion from the disciples at the beginning to the just overwhelming grief from mm-hmm. Lazarus's sisters to even the impact that it has on Jesus himself, and even to the joy uh, that's, I mean, just has to be out of this world at the very end. I mean, it is an emotional chapter, and I think you're mm-hmm. right on the money, that it's a chapter a lot of us will be familiar with. It's certainly a story that a lot of people will be familiar with, and and there can be a temptation to kind of roll through this and play mm-hmm. the, well, I know this story, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with this, and kind of roll on into onto something else. But, you know, it's, it's important because it is certainly, it's an unbelievable kind of story. I mean, it's a spectacular thing that takes place. But there's also some really important teaching that mm-hmm. takes place in yeah. the midst here that Jesus does, even with his disciples beforehand, before yep. he goes to Bethany, certainly with the sisters, that he has opportunity to to talk with. But probably the best thing to do when you're reading a passage like this, and maybe a good thing to do when you're going through any story in the Bible, and especially one like this, is really try to visualize yourself there. Mm-hmm. Well, what it would have been like with Jesus and his disciples when they get the news about Lazarus? Well, what mm-hmm. it would have been like as Jesus is speaking with the sisters, even before he gets on the scene? What, what it would have been like? To, to go to the tomb with Jesus and 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 be there when he says, roll that stone away, or, or be there when Lazarus, still wrapped up in his cl- grave clothes, comes walking out, to really try to visualize yourself there. I think that kind of study is always helpful, yeah. but really helpful in a scene and in a chapter like this one in John 11.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times, to your point— you know, we think about the amazing thing that happens with Lazarus as he's raised from the dead. But but I think you make a really good point about Jesus, even before all of that happened, he was using all of this as an opportunity to teach his apostles and his disciples that were with him. Yeah. Even before they get there, right. you know, he's trying to help them along the way. And so he's going to use this opportunity to teach Before, during, and after the actual event of raising Lazarus from the dead. And again, we've talked about this quite a bit already in our study through John. But that's just in Jesus' nature. No matter what the situation is, he's going to look for opportunities to teach. And this obviously presents an amazing opportunity for him. Because I think he knows, and his disciples even allude to it a little bit early on in chapter 11... Going back to Judea is not without risk. Right. Because not only is he well-known at this point, but these people are out to try and kill him. He knows that. His disciples know that. And he knows that an event like this, raising someone from the dead, that's not one you're going to be able to hide. You know, that's not the turning water into wine miracle that he did early on where, you know, probably only a few people in that area kind of knew what happened. This is one that's going to get everybody's attention, and he knows that going into this. And so he understands the the perceived risk in all of this. He understands the high-profile nature of what's about to take place. But before, during, and after, he's continually focused on trying to teach and trying to help them better understand important lessons about him, about why he's here, about why he's doing these things. And that, that continues to be his focus. And, and that really, I think, to as you said, it really helps me kind of put all of this in perspective, put myself there, and try and listen to
1: Jesus' teaching with a fresh set of ears. Yeah. And I think you you also make a good point about the opposition against Jesus at this time is high. I, I think that helps us to kind of get, to, you made the point already about the chronology of John, where it's really backloaded with uh, certainly the last week. But even the last probably month or so I mean, mm-hmm. is really covered. So, you know, th- this scene, I mean, you, you really see a turn in Jesus's, I don't know when to say popular, I don't know if popularity is the right word, but, you know, you, you really see a turn when we were back in John chapter 6, and he had, I mean, th- literally thousands of people following him. Mm-hmm. And because of his teaching, you, you see that turn there in John 6, the end of that chapter, where because of his teaching, many people aren't walking with him anymore. They're not yeah. following anymore. Then that famously, asked yes, the disciples there. Do you also want to go away? And Peter's like, you know, where where are we going to go? You've got Mm -hmm. the words of eternal life. And then after that, you really see the opposition start to to come to the forefront. We, we remember John chapter 9. He heals the man born blind. And I mean, just the heat that came off of that. And certainly last week, we were talking from John chapter 10. It, again, I mean, the amount of heat looking to stone him even mm-hmm. there in John 10. And now we are not years away from him on the cross, yeah. <laughs> it's now it's 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 coming up, and, and yeah. Jesus knows it. He recognizes it. The disciples know it, and they understand the heat that's that's on him. And to you know to do something like this, to even be in certain places mm-hmm. uh, in the country at this time, it was a risk. Yeah. And, and they understood it, and they you know they got it. But you know, it's as this story unfolds. You, you made the point from the very outset. Jesus's mind certainly is on Lazarus, his friend but really on teaching, yeah. an opportunity to teach. And, and you get that really from the very first thing he says. When he receives the news mm-hmm. that, you know, Lazarus is sick, and he says, you know, this sickness isn't into death in verse 4, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God can be glorified through it. I mean, his mindset is already there long before yeah. anybody else, maybe even before, you know, the disciples certainly thought, well, he's you know he's he 's just sick, but mm-hmm. Jesus is going to tell him you know it 's a little more serious than that here in just a moment, <laughs> but you see his mindset i mean from the very outset of the story
0: and and as always jesus 's mindset is always on the spiritual, not right. the physical mm-hmm. and and the disciples were, were still struggling with that, and you know at this point when Jesus says the sickness is not unto death, you know based on kind of how you work the timeline. Lazarus may or may not have already been dead right. when Jesus says that. And certainly as he gets down, you know, and Jesus is going to talk about Lazarus sleeping in just a few verses, obviously referring to the fact that he's dead and trying to help his disciples understand that. But but Jesus wasn't looking at this from the physical perspective. And that is just an important concept to remember when we read through the teachings of Jesus His focus is always on the spiritual, always on the spiritual. And so, yes, we're going to see the emotion of Jesus here in this chapter. We're going to see the fact that he grieved along with his friends. But I think one of the things we have to remember is that while Jesus felt those human emotions and he grieved with his friends during this time... His focus was on the spiritual, right. and his focus was on the spiritual when he looked to the people who were grieving, when he, when he performed the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. He wasn't doing this because he missed his friend. Right. In fact, we're going to see, I mean, just a few verses after that, where he's going to pretty much, we're going to be told why he did these things. He's always focused on what's more, more important, and that's an important lesson for us today as, as Christians. You know we can we can feel the emotions that we feel as human beings, and this world uh, has a lot of emotional pull on us in a lot of different ways and that 's fine that 's fine, but we always have to be focused on what 's more important right. and that is the spiritual nature of who we are we We have to always be focused on that and see the importance of that over the physical and I think the fact that Jesus was using such a personal and such an emotional experience as this. To try and help his disciples see that same thing it just goes to show how important it is for each of us to try and do the same thing in our lives today. And that's not always easy to do because no. the, the physical world is a very it's a very real part of our emotional makeup, right? But to be able to train our minds to think bigger and to think more important,
1: that's something that Jesus was trying to help his disciples do here. Yeah, because he's perfect at it. I mean, you know, we often talk. I mean, he he was both man and God while he was here on earth. I mean, you know, John, at the very beginning of his gospel in John chapter 1, you know, makes that point that, you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then he says there in verse 14, I believe, that the Word became flesh Mm -hmm. and dwelt among us. And, you know, one of the biggest themes of the entirety of the gospel of John is that Jesus, while here on earth, was the Son of God, a claim that He's made, you know, throughout already this gospel that He's taken heat for. Not that He is He knows God, hey, I know who He is, mm-hmm. but that we're equal. We're the we yeah. are the same. Yeah. We, I am God. And, and but yet you also run across a chapter like this. That really showcases his humanity still in a lot of ways. You know, we often will get to it, you know, down, you know, we'll, you know John eleven thirty five is kind of a well-known verse because it's, you know, the shortest one. It's always that, you know, cliche yeah. joke. I'm going to memorize a verse in the Bible there. You know, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. And that does show, I mean, the emotional impact of, of I think, everything that's, mm-hmm. you know, weighed down on him. But even a verse like verse 5, which is, you know, kind of an interesting way to kind of pinpoint, you know, this relationship that he has. Certainly, he he has love for everybody. I mean, it, it, it's, he's God, and he loves us. He sacrificed himself for us. But I think John, the writer, gives us an indication that, you know, his apostles, that was a very close relationship with them. Peter, James, and John, I think that was even a relationship on a different level Mm -hmm. than the others. And then he'll toss in something like this in verse 5, that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I mean, he tosses that in to -hmm. say, this is not just, you know, Joe on the street, who Jesus loves. But these are close friends. He was in Bethany a lot mm-hmm. and seemingly around them a lot. And so the setup at the very beginning of this chapter and the pain that he's going to see in Martha and then the pain that he's going to see in Mary and the pain that he knows Lazarus has already gone through to die, mm-hmm. Jesus has to deal with all of that. And it just, it is a spectacular chapter with Jesus' both his humanity and his divinity on full display. And, I mean, we would just be foolish to roll through it as one of those, hey, I'm just, hey, I know this story. Let's get on to, you know, what happens next. I
0: think sometimes even that that same principle can be one that applies to us because— I've been in situations, and I think rightfully so, people, uh, when, when a Christian dies, uh, you know, there is a comfort in knowing that a home in heaven awaits them, and we can rejoice for that on yeah. some level. But there is also grief that's going to take place over loss. And and just because we know the outcome doesn't mean that we're not going to grieve during difficult times. And even Jesus was in the exact same boat. He, He knew the outcome better than anyone. Whether Lazarus had remained dead or he raised him, he knew that Lazarus wasn't at the end. Right and yet he still grieved and that that was okay because it's a hard time it's a difficult time and and he saw the pain of those that he loved and so there i think those two things can coincide yes We can both rejoice over the death of a Christian that has gone on to eternity in heaven, and we can also grieve over the loss that we feel for those people. And I think that's an important lesson that Jesus himself demonstrates here for us, and one that we need to be cognizant of uh, during difficult times. Because I think sometimes there can be a temptation for Christians to be like, well, why are we so sad You know, if we really believe? That they, these people have uh, something much better waiting for them. Well, that's true, and we can rejoice over that. But that doesn't change the fact that there's grief involved in that, and we feel human emotion, and that's okay to 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 show that and to feel that. Jesus Himself showed that, and so to be able to balance those things, I think is really important. And I think it also then will help us uh, relate to one another better and help each other during those difficult times if we can both look forward to what lies ahead while also
1: dealing with the grief that's left behind. Yeah, and and he's going to have to deal with that. I mean, it's tremendous levels of grief when he gets on the scene in mm-hmm. Bethany. I mean, not just with Mary and Martha, but there's a lot of people there, and all of them are overwhelmed with grief. And so that's a scene that he's going to get to. But you know, before we get. That one interesting thing I want to make note of because we've talked about it so often through the Gospel of John, and now it's something that i i I'm, my radar is up for all the time that when when Jesus is doing some teaching that people don't get. Yeah. He, he's still willing to have patience to go to that yeah. next step. Mm-hmm. And that it happens here. I mean, you've made mention to it already where he, you know, he's trying to help them understand that you know, Lazarus is you know, he's sleeping. And, you know, and they say, well, if he's sleeping, why are we going? He's going to wake up. There's no problem. Yeah. And then basically he just, he's, Lazarus is dead. Yeah. And I mean, he, he just, he still gets them to where they need to be. That Lazarus is dead. And, uh, and Jesus says, listen, I'm glad for that. He says there in verse 15, but we're going to go. We're going to go so that you can believe. Mm -hmm. And and it just sets the scene to it's just it's an incredible story when he gets on the scene in Bethany that unfolds uh, seemingly pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. but the amount of emotion and grief for Jesus with full knowledge of what's going to take place. I Mm -hmm. believe he knows. Mm -hmm. I think he indicated that all the way back in verse four. He he knows what's going to take place. Um, We can even make the argument that, you know, him waiting two more days was Mm -hmm. waiting for Lazarus to to die so that he he knows he's going to bring him from the dead. But yet still, I mean, the scene with Martha and the scene with Mary and then the scene at the tomb, it's a spectacular thing to read about.
0: It is is—it is spectacular. And one of the things that kind of stuck out to me about that is that the disciples and because of the relationship that he has with Mary, Martha and Lazarus, I think there's a pretty good chance that all of them have seen some of the miracles firsthand that Jesus has sure. performed. Yeah, Absolutely. But I think what, what we're seeing here is that even they are a little bit hesitant when it comes to life and death. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to feed 5,000 with a couple of loaves and fishes. It's, it's one thing to turn water into wine. It's, an, it's one thing even to make someone who is blind be able to see again. Right. That We're not talking about any of those things now. We're talking about someone who is dead. They're buried, they've been in the ground for four days. like they're, they're, they are dead and, and you can almost sense even amongst those closest to him, who I truly believe believe in him to be the Son of God, there is still some hesitancy around all of this as Jesus comes on the scene. Because they even make the point, like, listen, if you had been here earlier, right. before he died, you could have saved him. But now he, now he's dead. You know, it, it, it game over. And so there's this sense in which I think Jesus is, is, is allowing all of this to happen because he wants to make the point that even in death, I still have power. They've seen him have power over the physical realm. But now he's going to show them that he also has power when it comes to life and death. And as he begins to teach more and more about his own death and his own resurrection, it's going to be crucial that they understand that he has power in life and in death. And so using a situation like this to almost build on that belief, I think becomes really important as he builds to that point in time in which he himself is going to go through this. And so for them, this is an opportunity to really deepen that faith in who Jesus is by by Going a step further, you know, leaving the physical realm and now raising someone from the dead—that—that that I think in a lot of ways is intended to take their faith to the next level. And so, I think
1: that's one of the reasons why we see him kind of handling the situation the way that he does. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, even though he, this is Lazarus is not the only person Jesus raises from the dead, right. I mean, it's something he's done m- multiple times, and there's no doubt the apostles have seen it happen. But on the other occasions, it, it seemingly is. Pretty soon after mm-hmm. that person has passed away where he's on the scene and, he, and they, he's able to raise them from the dead. And even though, you know, in actuality, there's no difference. They, they, the others were dead and he raised yeah. them. There's still there is an era difference because mm-hmm. of that time. Yep. He's been he's been dead for days. I mean, he's gonna ask for the stone to roll away, and the sisters are like, "Don't do it. It's gonna stink in there, and it's gonna stink because they know he's been in there and he's decomposing mm-hmm. already at this time." You know, it's <laughs> this is, you know a ridiculous illustration popped into my mind, and I'm almost not going to share it, but I'm going <laughs> to you know, anyways, it, you know, reminded me of that scene in uh, the Princess Bride movie yeah. where Wesley dies, and they take him to Billy Crystal's character, uh-huh. and Billy Crystal's like, "No, no, no, he's." mostly dead (laughs) and then he you know he kind of you know brings them back you know maybe that's where the apostles were i mean it's you know they were freshly dead is different than this yeah So Jesus is now going to give them. There's no questions Mm -hmm. about Lazarus here. There's no questions about him sleeping. There's no Mm -hmm. questions about him losing consciousness. There's no questions about anything. He had died. He had been wrapped and prepared the way dead people are prepared. He had been placed in the tomb. The stone has been set in place to never be rolled away. And it had been days after that yeah. that Jesus says, let's roll that stone away. And they're like, let's not do that. <laughs> I mean, because they know of that that's, it's, you don't do that. But yet it still is something that Jesus does because of his power over death and life. And I think that's the point that he's going to make to Martha when she comes to him and basically says, you know, hey, if you would have been here, you know, this wouldn't have happened. And he says, yeah, you know, your brother's going to raise again. And you get this spectacular kind of teaching about what the resurrection is all about with her. Yeah, that's
0: what Jesus says. You made mention of it a moment ago, but uh, down in verse number 40, uh, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And that I love that phrase, and, and that's really what they are witnessing. They are witnessing the glory of God in all of this, and that's what that's what Jesus really wants. And you know, we 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 spent quite a bit of time talking about the fact that Jesus devotes a lot of his teaching to bringing glory to his Father. Right. That that's really where his focus has been, and, and that's exactly what the point that he's making here. You you have an opportunity to see the glory of God in all of this. And so, again, you know the way that he handled Lazarus before, when he heard about him being sick, the way that he's dealt with those now that he's on the scene and now going to raise Lazarus from the dead, it's all being done for the glory of God. And he wants the glory of God to be seen through him and through his actions. And that, I mean, is just such a powerful lesson, even to us today, you know, We certainly don't have the power to raise people from the dead. We don't have the, the power to perform miracles in the way that Jesus did. But we absolutely have the ability to show the glory of God in yeah. what we do. And, and that should be something that our focus is on. Everything that we do, we do to God's glory and to, to show how he lives through us and allow other people to see that that's that's such a that's an amazing gift that we've been given to be able to show the glory of God to other people and how he's impacted our lives and to see even the Son of God have that level of focus that what I, everything that I do I do to the glory of my father that that's what it was all about for him and for us that should be what it's all about for us too and so yeah, we can't do things to this level, certainly, but we can do a lot of things in our lives. To, to show others the glory of God and allow them to then see it for themselves and, and to recognize the impact that, that God and Christ can have on their lives today as well. Yeah,
1: I think the Apostle Paul uh, made reference to that in the book of Philippians where he makes that point, listen, whether by life or by death, Christ can be magnified <laughs> yeah. in my body. What a great phrase that yeah. is. that That is bringing glory to God. It is magnifying and making Him great. And that's, you're exactly right, it's something we can do. And that was absolutely on the mind of Christ, even from the very outset of the story. <laughs> we made mention of it there in verse 4, that, you know, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then he says it again right here at the very, towards the end of this story there in verse 40, as you made mention, you're going to see the glory of God, and you're going to see it and believe on it, and that's not not just to be awed by it, mm-hmm. and to you know like we are fireworks, you know, an right. ooh and ah moment. It's going to bring about belief, and that is the entire theme of what John's book is all about. And certainly, this scene here in John 11 brings glory to God. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly what happens there in verse number 45 after Jesus said
0: had performed this miracle and raised Lazarus from the dead many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen these things Jesus did believed in him that mission accomplished right. you know this yes did Jesus find joy and comfort in being able to see his friend again mm-hmm. and to relieve the grief that his his friends were going through yes absolutely and we've talked about that but this right here, this is why he did it. Yep. This is why he did it. Because he wanted other people to be able to see the glory of God and through that believe in him. That's why, that's why he's done all of the miracles that he does. I mean, that's why he's here at the right. end of the day. And so to, to, to be able to then kind of bring this full circle, as you pointed out, going all the way back to the beginning of the chapter, this is what Jesus was looking to do through all of these things. And, yes, are there still going to be people who don't believe in him? Absolutely, and we'll continue to talk about that as we go through, you know, (laughs) chapters 11 and 12 and following. Yeah, lots of people. Lots (laughs) of people aren't going to believe, but there were some who did, and that's what he's after. He's after those who are sincerely trying to figure out who he is and why he's here. And through what he was able to do, many believed, and that, that's what his goal was. And so, yes, he found comfort in bringing Lazarus back. I'm sure he loved giving him a big hug and seeing him again and talking to him. Absolutely. But this is why he does it. And again, it shows us the, the focus that Jesus has on the spiritual over the physical. And he can maintain his focus on the spiritual things while still enjoying the benefits that come in the physical realm. But he never loses focus on what's truly important.
1: Yeah, and, and because of that, you know, people, you have to make a choice about him. And we've said this in our study through John lots of times as well. I mean, he forces you to choose one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And here, many people believed in him, but there were also some that didn't, that are going to continue to cause a problem. You know, sometimes we lose sight that there's still, I mean, 10 to 15 verses in this chapter. (laughs) I mean, because the, you know, the story of Lazarus is so, I mean, it's so spectacular. But really just, I mean, in the last couple of minutes, it's, it's what we've talked about already people you know there are some people that will get will see it and they're like man this raising of this guy who was dead is going to be a problem for us Mm -hmm. and i mean it's all it's so interesting you know to see the just the hard-heartedness and the closed-mindedness for phrases like that you know mm-hmm. that this thing everybody is you know you can't argue with someone being raised from the dead <laughs> and it's going to be a problem for us the, yeah. there's lots of people that are going to now believe in them. the romans are going to come in here <laughs> and they're going to take all of our power away or what you know whatever the case may be and you just see the you know the selfishness in the in the back you know, and behind the scenes a little bit here uh, of the Pharisees that say, listen, we've got to do something about this guy or all of the power, all of the clout, all of the authority that we have is just going to be taken away. And you just, you're almost sad for them mm-hmm. because they missed what an incredible opportunity. Um, I mean, you know, Jesus wasn't coming to take anything away. You know from them he was coming to bring things for them, and mm-hmm. it's just sad to see the way some people operated, not just in the ones who didn't believe, but just even in the ones that just in direct opposition that looked to to kill him yeah. to look to seize him to take hold of him, that looked to even do so to Lazarus mm-hmm. because now yeah. he's been raised from the dead, so let's kill him again, right. <laughs> you know kind of scenario and it, and it's just it's It's a remarkable turn and, and it's a kind of a sad ending, and really is a springboard to where the next couple of chapters are going yeah and and it is and to your, to your point you know just to think about the idea that that
0: these people you know they gathered up together and they're like, what are we supposed to do' Because this guy just did all these things and and they they even know if we if we let him go keep doing this everyone's going or not everyone but a lot of people are going to believe in him if we just allow him to keep doing this and so we've got to kill him and and just that mindset of you know i I take a step back and think why couldn't they just recognize him for who he is what was it about their mindset that wouldn't allow them to do that but then i stop and think i'm like that that happens every day around the world today and it's such a sad situation to find people in. And yet, even knowing that Jesus continues to, to proceed with his teaching as long as he's given an opportunity to do so, even here is as we recognize he knows that going into Jerusalem is not going to end well for him uh, at the end of the day, but right. yet he's willing to continue to do that. And that tells us a lot about where his mindset and his focus is. We'll go ahead and stop there as our time is is about up. Uh, We want to thank everyone for taking some time out of their day to study along with us. We'll pick up in John chapter 12 next week. Uh, If you're in the area and looking for a place to worship, we'd like to invite you to come and be with us. Uh, We meet on Sundays at 9 a.m. for Bible class, 10 a.m. for worship, and again at 6 p.m. Sunday evening. So come and join us if you have an opportunity to do so. Thanks again for your time. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Truth Talk with John Morgan of the Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. You can hear Truth Talk every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here on 98.9 FM WYRZ.